0: As uh, Pastor Paul read that verse, about the, it's, it's, a, it's a lament of personal sin, and it's an asking of forgiveness through King David. And, you know, I was just thinking of the impact of personal sin. And today in Florida, we got a good picture of that, didn't we? If we saw the news today, you saw there was a mass shooting. And, and one of the things about this, it just keeps on happening. And my thought on this is is this. As a church, one of the things that we don't do very often is something called lament. There's a book called Lamentations, and there's psalms of lament through the psalms. And and these psalms are crying out to God, saying, Oh Lord, why? It's because personal sin has ravished them. So for a moment, before we get into what it is that we're going to talk about for a few moments and before the imposition of the ashes, I, I just wanted to offer a moment of, of allowing you to lament. Lament whatever there's your own personal sin, whether it's sin that we saw today in Florida. But maybe you just want to take a moment and do that. And I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, uh, really a prayer of lament. And so if you're here and you want to Lament. I know it's a little weird, and there's, we're a small group today, but if you have just a prayer of lament, of sadness, feel free to say that. Let's pray. Lord, it hurts. It hurts to see the violence on the news. It hurts to see these tragedies. It hurts to see the violence. God, it hurts to see parents weep. Lord, it hurts to understand the loss. It hurts to see the pain. Father, today we pray that you would be with the victims of this shooting in Florida. Lord, everybody who is dealing with this Florida shooting, the first responders who are hurting because they've seen what they've seen, who will always have the scars of seeing the trauma, the nurses, the doctors who are dealing with the victims. Lord, it hurts. It hurts when people glorify violence. It hurts when violence becomes an act of expression. Father, I know all through the the scriptures, and especially through the prophets, they decry the violence of the people. Lord, my mind brings me to lamentations. My eyes fail from weeping, I'm in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed, because children and infants faint in the streets of the city. Lord, we need you. This Ash Wednesday, as we go towards a time uh, uh, of remembering our own sin, remembering the sin of this world, we are reminded that we do need the Redeemer. We need you, Lord. We need you to come in profound ways, come through the church. Come through us. Help us to be your hands and your feet in the midst of these terrible situations. And use us in the midst of that. So Lord, we pray that you would turn our mourning into joy. And that you would guide and lead us in the days to come as we deal with the violence of this world. your name we pray. Amen. Pastor Paul read Psalm 51, and it was written by King David. And it was written after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan. The prophet Nathan came to him and told him a story. And and he he told him the story of of, of a man who abused another person and took his sheep away. and, and, And David said, I could kill that man for doing that. And Nathan pointed to him that you are that man. He pointed out David's sin. David's sin was that he saw this beautiful woman bathing on a roof. And it wasn't scandalous to do that. There was, they collected rainwater. It was just the way of, uh, of the ancient times. And that was just the way that you bathed at that, in those times. And, and, and David saw his friend Uriah's wife bathing on the roof. And he took advantage of her with using his power. And not only that, But when her husband came home, he was trying to cover up a pregnancy. He was trying to cover up his own personal sin. And when his friend Uriah came home, his friend Uriah did the honorable thing and refused to go home to his wife but stay with his king, King David. He did the honorable thing. And when David could not get Uriah to go back to his wife, he sent Uriah with orders Back to, his, back to his military leader. He sent him back to the front lines. And he, and, and Uriah went and he fought the fiercest of the battles. And when the fighting was the fiercest, the, the uh, all of Israel had orders to pull back and leave Uriah there stranded. And Uriah ended up dying. And so Nathan confronted David of his adultery and of his murder. Killing his, one of his good friends, one of his mighty men. The the book of Chronicles reminds us that Uriah was with David when he was fleeing from Saul so many years before. That they were not doing this in isolation, but they knew each other. They knew exactly who they were. And when David couldn't cover it up, he went to the deepest, darkest depths of his humanity, and he killed his friend to cover up his own sin. Psalm 51 stands in, in, in time of memorial and how we should treat our own sin. Of the lament, uh, uh, of the discomfort, uh, of the, the, the shame that our own sin brings to us. And how we need to offer that to the Lord and, and ask him to take that. And so and, and there's even this wonderful formula in Psalm 51 where, where we ask the Lord to take our sin away so that we can teach others in this way so that we can pass on this redemption that we have received. This is what Psalm 1 uh, leads us to do. Sin often leaves us with guilt. Guilt is good. Guilt is a natural reaction. Guilt is this thing that wells up within us. We know we've done something wrong. It's something that God built within each one of us to know when we have done something wrong. Sin leaves us with this guilt. It puts us a barrier between God and humanity, this sin and this guilt. We know um, when we shouldn't do something, we know we shouldn't because we feel this guilt. It's there within us. But I want you to hear what some of the scriptures have to say about confessing your sin. Just as David confessed his sin, just as David let it all out, I want to hear. I want you to hear what some of the scriptures say. Proverbs twenty-eight verse thirteen: Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses their sin renounces and finds. in, in them, I'm sorry. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Ash Wednesday reminds us of this. First John one nine: If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just, and he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 500 years ago, we had the Protestant Reformation, where the Catholic Church um, and the, the Protestants, the people who were protesters, that's what Protestant means, protested against Uh, the Catholic Church and some of the things that were happening that they just disagreed with. And one of them was the confession and absolution of sins to a priest. They didn't believe that you had to confess to a priest in order to be saved. And, And I agree with that. I don't think we need to confess to a priest in order for our sins to be forgiven. I think that that's true. And there was a lot of pushback against confessing to a priest. But here's what I think what happened to the church in those 500 years. I think... In the protest of confessing to a priest, we lost the confession of sin altogether. The Bible still says that we have to confess to one another. How scary is that? How scary is that? I'm reminded that it is in confessing and not concealing that we find healing. Openness is the key to healing. For it is the confession of sin that we recognize the issues that plague our lives and that we're able to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Confession is a key and very important task in the Christian life. And today is a time in which we focus on this confession. As we look towards the resurrection day, as we look towards Easter as we look to the day that humanity started all over again. The first day of the new creation. Today is a day we remember our sin. Today is a day we remember that we need a savior. Today is a day where it's time to confess. We don't have a priest handy here for you to confess to. But what we do have is you alone with God. Maybe you have a friend that you just need to confess some stuff to. Some, a friend that you really trust. When I want to encourage you to do that. A prayer partner, an accountability partner maybe. Somebody who you could confess to. Today as we move forward and take the, the, the mark of the ash, it symbolizes repentance. All through scripture, people put on things called sackcloth and ashes. They go down to the simplicity and, and, and the bare bones of what it means to be human. That it was from, from this ash, from this dirt that we came and this ash and this dirt that will go again. And they'd take and heap ash on themselves as a symbol of their own repentance. At our church, I, I really want to take Jesus seriously. Jesus exhorted us not to do our acts of righteousness before men. So some of you feel might feel very comfortable leaving today with a mark of a cross on your forehead. And, but if you don't, we also have some wipes in the back. We just want to encourage you that after you're done with Time of confession and repentance that you just go ahead and use one of those wipes and and clean up if you so choose. We want to give you the option of that. Before there was ever a a mark of the of the cross on the forehead, um, the Greek Orthodox what they would do is take some of the ash and they would sprinkle it on the forehead. If you've read the Book of Jonah, you know that Jonah was sent to a wicked people, the Ninevites. And when he went to the Ninevites, he began preaching the message that God had for him to preach. And Jonah didn't want to go. The story is really about how this prophet Jonah, who was this godly man, didn't want to follow God's voice and didn't want to save those wicked people because they might repent and be welcomed into the family of God. He didn't like that. But when he went to Nineveh, he began preaching Repentance. In 40 days, you'll be destroyed. And what does the king of Nineveh do? He puts on sackcloth and ashes and orders everybody in court, including the cattle, to do the very same thing and to heap ashes on themselves. A giant nationwide repentance. I don't think that sounds like too horrible of an idea now, by the way. A giant nationwide repentance confession, and repentance. This symbol of ashes speaks powerfully to the depth of human sin and to the inevitability of human death. From dust we have come and to dust we shall return. Let us remember the Ash Wednesday, the sin that clings so closely to us and the need of the grace and the redemption and the mercy of Jesus Christ. I want to invite us, church, to begin to line up and receive the mark of the ash.